From Zamo Digital, welcome to the SaaS Marketing Superstars Podcast with your host, Aaron Sikowski. This is the show where we uncover proven growth strategies from CMOs and marketing leaders behind some of the fastest growing SaaS companies. Hey, superstars. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zikowski, and today I'm chatting with Aaron Crawl. Aaron is a SaaS user onboarding specialist and the founder of SaaS Accelerator, a coaching program that helps SaaS founders implement systems and processes to scale revenue faster and more predictably. Aaron also runs the SaaS Growth Hacks community on Facebook, which currently has over 20,000 members. How are you doing today, Aaron? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. You know, I've read, I mean, we've known each other for a while, but I've, I've read so many testimonials on your work from founders who have just said, you know, the impact of your help has helped them to, to really grow revenues in their company through email marketing, through user onboarding, all these kind of things. So we just got to start off with like, what do you do? Like, like what's your process and how are you helping people? Yeah, great question. Um, so it's taken me a long time to figure out a really repeatable, scalable process that I know works every time. And honestly, like I'm still refining it. Um, but there's really four basic parts to how I help a SaaS company. The first one is, the first phase is diagnose. So what I'll do is I'll look at their entire growth plan and compare it to our growth framework and we'll see everything that's missing. Like if you had um, like a, a sheet of tracing paper with like part of the puzzle and then you put another sheet of tracing paper on top of that puzzle, you can kind of see, you can lift them up and you can see what parts are missing. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we do is I compare what would they have to our growth framework model. And that's just what we've learned with working from over with over like 1500 SaaS companies. We just, there's certain things that every SaaS company needs to have. And if they're missing them, we can identify them pretty quickly. Um, And then we'll just make a list of everything that they are missing and then everything that they currently have that we want to audit. Right. So there's an audit process and then there's an implementation process. So once we've done with that, um, uh, second step is advice. So then I show them what to do. I show them how to fix uh, their growth framework. Um, so if they're doing outbound emails, for instance, we'll do a complete overhaul of their entire outbound email campaign. If they're doing Facebook ads, we do um, like, we'll look at, we're not, we're not a Facebook ads. I'm not a Facebook ads guy. So I probably send them to you, but um, we could, we can kind of like just very briefly, like look at their landing pages and, and copy and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, then we then after we advise uh, everyone, we look at um, we show them what to do, and then they implement. So we're not implementators. Uh, so if we say here, do this, 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 and this, this, like their team implements, and this is this is where like I probably hand it off to someone like you, Aaron, who can implement like our suggestions or actually run the campaign, yep. um, or they have an internal team that does it. And then, and then after they implement it uh, and ongoing through this process, there's a review phase, which is every time they create a deliverable and have questions, I'm reviewing things. So it's four steps, diagnose, figure out what we need to fix, and how to fix it, advise, show them how to do it, um, implementation, and then a constant review. Okay. So that's, that's, we just repeat that cycle over and over again for each part of their, um, their framework. Okay. Um, and so what, what, I guess, are those frameworks? I mean, you, you mentioned you help people with outbound email, um, which I, I know I've seen the group you're talking about, you know, tips for how to do outbound email and all that kind of yep. stuff, well, stuff. Well, personally, I think of you as, as onboarding expert as opposed to outreach expert. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think of those things differently. And, and, and it's interesting to hear you kind of, I guess, are helping companies with a much broader spectrum of things. Onboarding wouldn't be cold email. It would, it would be using emails once they're 
already signed up to use the product, correct? So that, that yeah. that's what I think of you, but it sounds like you don't know about more than, much more than that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I initially started out doing onboarding. Okay. Um, that's kind of uh, my, I guess you could, that's like my lead um, acquisition strategy is I'm the onboarding guy. Yep. Uh, but once we get into working together, there's so many more things that I can help with. Um, I have really, there's three pillars that I help with um, in like when helping SaaS companies grow is acquiring customers, converting them and then retaining. So I help customers acquire customers, convert them and retain them. And I have underneath each one of those, I have my own specific frameworks that I've developed for uh, how to do that. So under convert, I have a traffic to trial uh, framework, which Mm -hmm. is how to convert more traffic into trials. And I have a trial to paid or demo framework. Um, And then I have a a trial in the trial to paid. And then within retention, I have like, how do you retain customers and reducing churn? And then for acquisition, um, like I don't do anything with paid ads, but I, but I focus a lot on like uh, outbound email outreach and building partnerships with people. That's like a big thing that I do is help people build partnerships. So once we, once we start working together, there's a lot more that we can work on. Um, And typically when I work with a client, we look at, we start with what's the biggest um, opportunity to focus on. And then we would like make a list of everything else. And over the next 12 months, we just work on each thing individually one step at a time. Um, and many times onboarding is in there. Sometimes it's not sometimes working on other things. Okay. Um, who, who generally are you helping? And I know it's SaaS companies kind of, kind of what stage company are you typically working with that are needing this help? Is it kind of an early stage? Are they more growth stage? Yeah, um, I would say early in growth. Uh, I have a program for companies, SaaS founders that are under 10K to get them to 10K, but they work with me to get them to 10K. Mm-hmm. And then if they're over 10K, every, anywhere from 10 to 500K uh, MRR, um, then I have like an accelerator program, which is where we work uh, one-on-one every month to fix each part of their growth plan. Um, I don't typically work with companies bigger than that uh, because they usually have in-house people and marketing directors who are in charge of all that stuff. Yeah. My sweet spot is working with founders who are technical founders who um, have a team that can implement, but don't know what to do or have been spinning their wheels. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess in, in my prep for this call, I, I was expecting to be talking about that user onboarding. Um, and we can, we can talk about user. Onboarding. I love talking about user onboarding. It's such so, a big so let, thing. Let's stick there, but you know, I want all our listeners yeah. to know, like, you need help with all those other pieces. Aaron's your man, and uh, definitely the results speak for themselves of what you'll see in, in the group and what people have to say about the work he's done for them. Um, but we're going to keep this conversation focused, I guess, for now on, on, on user onboarding, and, and, and we'll yep. see where that goes. Great. So um, what, what's the process there? I mean, if someone comes in and, and, and says, okay, we got a problem here. You know, we, we've got people signing up. They're not necessarily using the product. Where do you go from there? Like, like where, where are the big mistakes and where are the big opportunities? Yeah. So some of the biggest mistakes I see is companies scaling onboarding before they're ready to scale onboarding. Um, I think there's a, there's kind of like this, you know, dream for most SaaS founders, technical founders, especially where they just want to code and build a good product and have people sign up for it. And there's really no hands-on kind of sales process when reality is uh, the fastest way that you're going to grow your SaaS company initially is through sales and talking to people and like converting them. Um, And that goes for, if you have a $7 a month product versus a $600 a month product or a thousand dollar a month product. Um, So the, one of the big mistakes I see is 
people just trying to scale their onboarding before they realize who their customer is and who they're trying, who their dream customer is, who they can help the most. Mm. And then um, identifying like how their pro- what how their product is different or unique. And, um, and without figuring those two things out, uh, it's really, really hard to scale a sales process if you don't know who your market is and what, and what they want to see or hear or experience to, to convert. Right. So, um, so if you're under 10 K, my suggestion would be like, stop trying to scale your onboarding and just build revenue. Yeah. Like, oh, when you say scaling onboarding, do you mean user acquisition and then onboarding secondarily? Sorry. What I mean by scaling onboarding is yeah. scaling, creating a low touch, uh, self-serve onboarding process yeah. before you understand who your customers are and what, what you need to do to sell them. Uh-huh. So, so you're seeing a lot of clients are, trying to bring as many people through that pipeline without necessarily understanding who should be coming through that pipeline. Exactly. Got yeah. it. Yeah. I guess people are, are so focused on, on revenue and growth, but you know, there, there's, there's, and uh, they think, and they it. think the only, and they think the only way that we're going to scale is if we have a self-serve onboarding process, there's no way we're going to have, you know, a hundred salespeople selling all of these, you know, $50 a month products. Like it's just not possible. But right. what they don't realize is that when you're building a SaaS company, um, uh, there's, it's like pushing, it's like pushing a, a, a wheel up, you know, down a flat like path. Initially it's going to be really, really hard mm-hmm. to get that wheel going. But once you have momentum, it starts yeah. to roll on its own. Yeah. And what they want is to just jump to where, you know, Infusionsoft is or, or you know, Salesforce, they have a scalable system and everything's yeah. working great. They don't have sales, you know, um, salespeople are closing deals, but they also have a self-serve process. They want to jump to where those companies are at without going through like the hard process of doing unscalable things right. to get to the point where they can scale. Right. It always reminds me of the, the, the founder story of uh, Airbnb, if you've heard it, where they say, you know, I forget the founder's name, Brian Chesky Chesky. Um, he spoke with like every host in when they started off in the New York market. He just knocked on every single door of the host of Airbnb yeah. and he said like, Tell me about yourself. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Et cetera, et cetera. Got to know these people really well, brought them all gifts. And by understanding that that psyche of, of at least one half of this marketplace, he was able to really scale that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And another, there's a, if you want to look at a really fascinating business, Airbnb is fa- super fascinating. Yeah. Cause I think they started out in a specific niche, which is college towns started out in college towns or markets. Um, and they were solving a very specific problem. And, uh, and this, they didn't start up, the way that they are now, which is, you know, rentals everywhere for everyone. Um, and yeah, he was really hands-on initially in that process, like super, super hands-on. But mm-hmm. when you start, when you do hands-on and you start onboarding customers and give them a really good experience, then you start building advocates for your product yeah. who love you because they're getting results. And so it's just like a win-win all the way around. But most founders just don't want to do that. And I get it because they're yeah. technical and they don't have a marketing background, but that's kind of where I can come in and help. Sure. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by Zamo Digital Marketing, your go-to Facebook ads agency for scaling SaaS companies. The team at Zamo Digital are the experts in growing and scaling trial and demo signups for leading SaaS companies like Envision, DigitalOcean, Lessonly, and many more. Download our free SaaS scaling framework over at zamodigital.com slash framework. And now back to the show. Yeah, we had uh, episode nine of this podcast. I interviewed uh, Corey Haynes from Bear Metrics. And he yeah. said a big, a big part of his job over the past year or two has been just calling new customers 
and offering just to walk them through the product and show them where to get value and how to use it and get started really fast. And he said it's had an incredible impact on, on, on the growth and the retention. That yeah. Had. Yeah. And their retention exactly. product to begin with. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess, I guess you've, you've answered both questions or in terms of, you know, the, uh, mistakes and the opportunity. It sounds like the opportunity is just like get on the phone, talk to people and see how they're, they're using yeah. the product in the very beginning. Yeah. Get on the phone and talk to them and, and get your revenue up, man. Like the more revenue that you have, the easier your growth is going to be. And mm-hmm. so uh, Dan Martell says this too. He's like, you want to, you want to grow your SaaS company, get on the phone and grow it and talk okay. to people. And then at some point, you're going to start building enough momentum where you can hire um, Aaron. You can hire you to like drive traffic because once they have a machine that's working, then it's a matter of just getting as much quality traffic as possible. Yeah. Um, but most people want to start with scaling without figuring out how to even how to do it. If you can't do it one-on-one, it's going to be impossible to do it at right. scale. And, and you're talking about being on the phone both before the sign-up and after the sign-up. You know, yeah, get them man. to try the product and then get them to yeah. make sure they're using it. Get to get them, get them before the product and to sign up during the follow, during the process, after the process, make sure they're happy. You know, um, you have, you have an advantage because if you're smaller, a lot of these bigger companies can't onboard you white glove onboarded for, for free. You know, like if, if I'm a, um, in, you know, if I'm a Salesforce competitor and I go to, Hey, do you not like Salesforce? Um, we can move you to our system and we'll migrate everything for free. We'll do it all for you for free. We'll get you into the system. We'll show you why our tool is better and we'll make sure you have success with it. Infusionsoft can't do that. Like right. there's just no way they can scale that out. So you're in an advantage because you can actually do And you can do that for really big companies too, right. to make sure they have success. Um, so, and that's one really quick way to grow, you know. So, so then that sounds like the first step of, you know, get on the phone, understand people, kind of do some, you know, I guess account audits for lack of a better word, just understanding how people are using the product. Um, so let's say a founder now has that information. They understand why people are using it. They understand the best use cases of the people that love their product the most. What, what comes next? How, how do they start building that automated system then once they've come to that? Yeah, so there's there's a process that we use for this. Um, and uh, first of all, what we want to do is build out a path of first value. There's a misconception in the SaaS world that there's, a, there, that there's one moment of value where your customer will see that moment and then they'll convert to a paid customer. The reality is there's a lot of mini aha moments throughout the product. Mm -hmm. There's, um, there's a really good customer service moment. And then there's like a really cool feature they didn't realize that they needed. And then there's like um, this other cool feature or like this, they get their first sign up. And so all these moments build upon each other. And so what you do with your onboarding is you want to, make sure that your cu- your customer can experience all of these moments as many as, as many as they can during the onboarding process. Yeah. So we call it the path of first value. What is the, what are the things that a customer needs to know, experience, see, or do during the onboarding mm-hmm. to help them make a decision and convert them into a customer? It's not always like do, 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 do. Sometimes it's like addressing an objection or introducing a feature they didn't know they could do or a benefit that they didn't know they could have by using your tool. Mm-hmm. So we create the path of first value. We have two different sequences. There's a universal sequence, which goes out to everyone, and then a trigger-based sequence, which goes out based on actions they do or do not take within the app. By so, sequence, you mean emailing sequences? Yeah, an email, an email sequence. 
So I'll talk about external first. So I have, I have two different types of onboarding, internal onboarding and external onboarding. So external onboarding is everything that happens outside the app. Um, and you want to build a universal and a trigger-based sequence. And then there's there's lots of other ones that we've identified. There's a retention sequence. Once they convert, what do you send them to keep them in the product? Um, a troubleshooting sequence, what happens if they cancel or if they don't subscribe? But um, we create that path of first value. And then we create um, a trigger-based sequence. Uh to make sure that they're doing the things in the app that they need to in order to see success. Now, every the benefit of as a demo is that you can uh, you can ask the customer what's important to you, and you can show them with scalable self serve. You can't really do that at scale yet. Um, you can't customize their onboarding process for them perfectly, no matter who they are. Right. So you have to do your best and say what you know. Looking at all the customers that we have, what are the things that most of our paying customers? Have, what have they? What have they ended up doing in the app that have converted them? Mm-hmm. And then you create that as part of your onboarding process, your trigger-based onboarding process. Right. So, and then, yeah. No, I was just going to clarify. So you're saying figure figure out what most people do before they convert, and then get as many people as possible, and to make sure they do that thing. Yeah. Right, on an assumption yeah. that then that will help them to convert as well. Yeah, it's doing and also um, experiencing and seeing things too. So they may not be able to, for instance, uh, see a thousand clients in their CRM. But if you show them once you do have a thousand clients in your CRM, here's what you're going to be able to do. Uh-huh. That is another one of those aha moments that goes out on, on a universal, on the universal sequence. Doesn't matter where they're at in the process. They they need to know that when they get, you know, that they're going to be able to do this X Y Z thing once they have this in their product. Yeah. All right. Um, Awesome. Let's transition a little bit. Um, you've been running the SaaS Growth Hacks group for a long time. Um, I remember joining the group. You're probably like a thousand people in there. Now you're over 20,000, which, which is incredible. It's mm-hmm. probably the best online community for, for SaaS marketers and, and, and founders out there. Thank you. Um, how is, I mean, it sounds like a silly question. How has it impacted your business? Um, I mean, how do you use that to grow as a, uh, as a consultant, but then it, is that a is that a tool that you would recommend that, that that SaaS companies start growing their own communities as well? Is that something you recommend to people? Yeah, so I'll start with the first question, which is how it's, how has it benefited me? It's been incredible. Um, it's helped me build amazing connections with founders that I never would have had before. It's helped me enter a market that I didn't even know existed six years ago. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's helped me really find people that I can help. Mm-hmm. It's helped me develop my processes and and systems and frameworks. Uh, it has been the best thing that I've done in, I've started numerous businesses and this is probably the best thing that I've done, um, ever is create a community around like-minded people that I can serve. Um, cause I created my own fishing pond. You know, how many people can say that, um, they own the market where their customers hang out, you know, um, it's pretty incredible. So, uh, so I, I, it's been, it's been phenomenal for me, um, and I've gotten, you know, I speak all over the world and I get to meet with wonderful people and make great connections. Um, and it's been the number one source of revenue for me has been, uh, has been my Facebook group. Um, so do I recommend people starting a Facebook group? Uh, it depends. It depends on your business model. depends on how much time you have. You have someone to run the community. It depends on your goal. Um, I don't do... I don't do anything. I don't do YouTube. I don't do LinkedIn. I don't do Twitter, Instagram. Um, All I use for my client acquisition is my Facebook group. 
um, because I want to build a really good engine because I know Facebook groups work for me. And so I, 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 you know, here's the secret is, is like, it all works. Everything works. It's just, are you willing to put in the time and effort to figure out how it can work for you? Yeah. And um, the benefit of, of, of working with an agency like you, Aaron, is that you've already figured out how to make it work. So they don't need to figure it out from scratch. Like they could just go to you and say, Hey, we want to do, we want Facebook words, Facebook to work for us. Let's do it. But for, you know, for other people, um, uh, they have to start from scratch and figure it out. And then once, you know, they, they try it for a few days and it doesn't work and they move on to the next thing. For me, Facebook groups just, just was one of the things that just took off right away. So I focused on that. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're a SaaS company and you have like lots of different things that you've been trying and what I would look at is where have most of your customers come from already? Where has the best customers come from? And then double down on that and really maximize that channel before you move into a brand new channel because it's a fun thing. I I think Dan Kennedy says it best. He says, it's not the sexy things that make money. And growing a Facebook group was super sexy for me for the first like year or so. And then, um, uh, and then I was like, I got bored. I was, I wanted to move to something else, but I, and I tried different things and nothing really worked. Um, but that's because I didn't give it my, my whole like energy and focus. Right. And so that's why I decided Facebook groups for me was going to be my main, main source of leads. Uh, and I made it work. So if you're thinking of a starting Facebook group, yeah, yeah. Consistency and focus. So if my advice to you, if you're thinking about doing a Facebook group is, um, just thinking really clear about is that where you should spend your time? If you if you know clients are coming from other Facebook groups, uh, then start a Facebook group. You might really have some success with it. I would always recommend having some kind of beta testing group where you have your customers there where they can make comments and you can help them and they can ask questions and they can talk to other people, other you know people in the community. But that's a totally different thing. That's kind of like a that's not a growth engine so much as it is like a feedback engine. So everyone should have like a feedback engine where they, where they can talk to their customers, but don't combine them both. Don't have a feedback engine and a growth engine at this, as, right. as the same group. That's a huge mistake. Yeah. So, that. yeah. How much time does it take you to run that, that group? I mean, you've got so many people, so much content flowing through there every day and, and you're posting frequently as well on, on a daily, weekly basis. What's your time? Um, I would say probably like an hour a week. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Um, I had admins that manage the posts. I have an assistant that schedules out posts for the whole month. Um, I go in and I review the page a couple minutes a day just to see if there's any questions that I can answer. Uh, And everything else is automated. You know, when people join the group, they get put into a sequence. If they put their email address, um, then I nurture them through email. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, the most of my time gets put into actually creating content for the group, not managing the group content wise. I probably spend two to three hours a week creating video content for the group. Yeah, still not too bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which isn't too bad. Mm-hmm. And then, so then the majority of your time is spent actually servicing your clients or you're at a point now where yeah. you don't have to work that much. Yeah. I don't even, I mean, my, when I work with clients, it's pretty hands-on. Okay. Um, I've just found that, it's just not effective to give someone a training and expect their business to like 10 X over the next six months. Right. Um, I've just found that with, 
the most results I can get customer, you know, SaaS founders is actually working with them every month on a, on their specific plan and working with them one-on-one. So I can only take on so many clients at a time. It's not super scalable, but, um, but I, I built it so that I can, you know, help a fair amount of of people. My goal is to help a million SaaS companies at some point. Are there Um, any SaaS companies? I, <laughs> I don't even know. I have 20,000 of them in my, in my, uh, my group. Um, uh, so my goal is to help as many as possible. True. And so, so I have, I, I do have like a, uh, a program for, you know, SaaS that are under 10 K that's really scalable and that I can really help. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I would, I would like to at some point, um, really help as many as I can. And that the group is a great place for me to start. Sure. Sure. Um, next question. If there was a product feature service somebody could invent to make your life better, what would it be? Better, easier? Make my life better? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, I've, I've thought about this. And, you know, I would... Um, I would say my biggest need right now is probably a an onboarding tool that includes just a onboarding checklist feature and really simple walkthroughs. So if I'm a new SaaS, I can put up a checklist in my app that says, here are the things that you need to do to have success with my app. Um, there's lots of tools out there that exist like that, but they're they're expensive, especially if you're under 10 K and so many companies I can help that are under 10 K get, get much more revenue by having a simple tool like that. Um, that's under like a hundred dollars a month. Uh-huh. So that would be, that'd be amazing if I could have like a simple tool like that, that could really, um, that would help a lot of my clients and customers I work with get above that 10 K mark. So sweet. So it sounds like someone's listening yep. and wants to build that. Build it, bring Let it me to know. Aaron, I'll, and I'll, implement it with I'll all those customers, and you got your oh, first hundred man. customers right there. You don't, you don't have to do any marketing. I'll do it all. The, I'll do all of it for you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a great opportunity for somebody. Uh, awesome. Let's jump into lightning round. Quick questions, quick answers. I let people get to know you a little bit. What makes you tick? So, first question is your family situation: single, married, kids? Married, one kid, Arlo, three years old. Nice dog, Penny, seven years old. All right, sweet. Uh, what book would you recommend to our listeners to read? It could be fiction, nonfiction, business. Um, if you're into reading uh, um, nonfiction, um, my I I would recommend reading a uh, let's see nonfiction would be Traction. Okay. Get Traction right. by Gino Wickman. Get this book. And if you, you absolutely 100% need to get this, this book, don't matter where you're at in your business. Uh, fiction, um, Red Rising, the Red Rising Trilogy. Nice. I was actually going to guess you were going to say this one because you sent me this book. And, uh, yes. Ultimate Sales night. Machine. That's the other Ultimate one. Ultimate, this Traction and Ultimate Sales Machine combined. Oh, man. You would just like, it's how to run a billion dollar business All efficiently. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Super, super good. Sweet. Uh, what's your favorite marketing or productivity tool right now? I know I keep coming back to Workflowy. I just okay. love Workflowy so much for just 
building out outlines and taking notes and mapping out presentations and everything. I just keep going back to that tool. I use notion a lot too. Okay. I would say workflow and notion is where I put notion workflow is just so good for like managing my, my brain. Uh huh. Nice. It's funny. I, I tried using notion after hearing so many things about it and like, I couldn't figure out how to do anything in it. It's pretty complicated. And, and, and I was like, am, yeah. I, am I, am I stupid? Like everyone's using this fantastic product and I can't <laughs> figure out how to build a list. <laughs> It's a pretty heavy learning curve, but yeah. man, once, once, once you get into it, it's like indispensable. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, Workflow is much easier. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Uh, what's your favorite, or who, who rather is your favorite market to be learning from right now? Oh, man. Um, I love following stuff from Travis Sago. S-A-G-O. I think he's one of the most brilliant marketers out there right now. The way that he writes the way he position his products his offers his selling everything is just genius all right and i just I know, love 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 go, so check him out also yeah he's great fantastic um and other than your own what's your favorite website or online community to be participating in learning from these days you know i really don't um i really don't spend a lot of time in other, other communities to be honest with you yeah, i i have what i do is is um i look for book recommendations and then I just get books and I read the books and I take the stuff out that I think is going to apply to me. I ignore the stuff that doesn't apply. And then, um, and then I try it out. I also buy a lot of courses uh, because these are people that have taken all of this knowledge and condensed it down into a step-by-step process. And that's how I learn. I learn with a step-by-step clear process. That's how I teach. And so going to a community or blog or whatever, or website there's just a bunch of information everywhere. I'd rather pay the money to get the information sent to me in a way that I can just consume it in an hour and know everything I need to know about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. For me, I guess it's just so hard to get you know, all these courses and just like I had of buying them is exciting, but like sitting there and actually having to learn them is, is the hard part. Yeah. You know what I do? Lots of courses. You know what I do? I have, um, that's a good point, Aaron, and this might help you. So I have, I don't know, probably 15 courses that I bought that I haven't listened to yet. Mm-hmm. What I do is I have my VA trans or put them into MP3s and then upload them into my iPhone. And then when I'm out and about, I just open up, um, uh, I just open up my phone and, um, so listen to the MP3 when I'm on the road. So I've got a new product for you then. I just met an entrepreneur in the past week who's starting. I hope I could discuss it. Um, it's in beta. But uh, Hero, H-I-R-O dot F-M. And basically what their product does, it's for course creators who want to turn their product into an MP3. They basically turn all, oh, yeah. of the, all of the course into an audio, and then it syncs right into, you know, Apple Podcasts or something like that. So even though it's, it's private and it's, you know, purchased only, um, you can listen to it as a podcast. It does all that for yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's great. So That's uh, awesome. Yeah, there's a need for that. Absolutely. Because absolutely. I get all these courses. I don't have time to sit in front of a video for five hours a week, but I, but when I'm driving, you know, sure. I could pop That's on a, a course and listen to it. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. Aaron, where can people go to learn more about you? Um, and if there's a piece of content, you know, a lead magnet, something you think people can go to get the most value, you know, what do you recommend? Yeah. Um, if you want to learn more about me, SAS growth Hacks Facebook group is the place to okay. be. Um, if you're not a member of that group, go there and check it out. If you're already a member of SAS growth Hacks and you want some extra stuff, go to AaronCrowell.io. Um, I have a guide there and there's also a couple of links to schedule a chat with me to get some more help, more personal one-on-one help. 
And then also there's a bunch of articles and stuff that I've written uh, in the blog section. It would be really, really good. Awesome. Aaron, this has been awesome. Um, fantastic content. I know people are going to really benefit. Um, getting just my, so my own refresher, kind of what you do. Like I got a lot of people I think I'll be sending to you the next week or two that, that are already in my funnel that, you know, are a little bit too small for us to help right now. But you can kind of push them along and help them grow past that 10K and get them ready to come work with our agency. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. The SaaS Marketing Superstars podcast is brought to you by Xamarin Digital Marketing. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on growing your SaaS.